me, your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 16. We welcome Andre Renier, co-founder of CCO, who is leading youth to Christ. Sit down as we pour a dram and enjoy his company. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are very blessed to have Andre join me in the pub tonight. Welcome, Andre. It's great to be here. Oh, he's already got it poured. Well, I did. I do my research. Uh, I'm fairly sure Rene is a French name, so I actually have a bottle of French whiskey. So it's called uh, Black Mountain. I bought it by mistake because they said it was on this great sale, only to find out it it wasn't that great sale, but okay. it's still uh, a decent whiskey. Yeah. Do you have a lot of whiskeys? Well, I don't know if you can see behind me there, Andre. Yeah. I'm seeing it. Um, Unfortunately, it's it's been a bit of a rabbit hole doing the research and in-depth uh, reviews of, of all these whiskeys so that I'm prepared to interview famous men like yourself. Well... Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what this is. I know it's a scotch. It was a gift that I got uh, three days ago because my birthday, uh, four days ago, and uh, so they bought me a bottle of scotch, and it's it, uh, really good. <laughs> good stuff. Well, happy birthday, belated. Yes, I saw that on Facebook. Congratulations, the big six zero, eh? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's funny because our parish. They're doing, um, I think, a, a, it's a great initiative. What they're doing is they're calling all the seniors and finding out how they're doing over COVID. I got a phone call today because I'm on the list. So they wanted to find out how I was doing. I was doing pretty good. I just ran 10 kilometers. I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so I know I'm getting old when the parish calls me to look at, at you know, find out how the seniors are doing. I'm no longer young anymore. Well, you're, we know that you're young at heart because uh, of the mission that you've been doing. But uh, for the people that don't know, who is Andre Renier? Well, Andre Renier is from Saskatchewan, from Prince Albert, um, born and raised. Um, I I went to the University of Saskatchewan. I was a I met my wife in 1987. In 1988, uh, we started up a movement called Catholic Christian Outreach, which is a university student movement, you know, searching out those Catholics who have wandered away and uh, find a way to kind of re-engage them in the faith. Uh, we, um, three are married, and so now we have so, yeah, I'm not only 60 years old, I am a grandpa, too. As, like, the spectrum of age, there I am. I'm, I'm old. 
because I'm a grandpa. And, and now we're living. Uh, you know, we've been living here for 17 years. Office is here now, and so yeah, that's that's you know, Andre Rennie in a nutshell. Well, that's awesome. So what you're trying to tell me is that I'm old because I've got grandchildren as well. Yeah. Uh, I've got eight children, and we're expecting our 11th grandchild here next month. So, really, you yeah. got me beat by by five. Well, we started young. Uh, you talk about 1988. Uh, that's when our third child was born, our son TJ. So, uh, for our U.S. friends who don't know it. CCO is akin to focus and Canada has been doing it longer. Thanks to Andre and his beautiful wife than focus. Yeah. We're, we're the older brother. Set, setting the right example. It could be because yeah. we're from the land of St. Joseph and. Uh, or it could be that I'm just a lot older. Um, <laughs> Are you feeling your age right now? Is that what I'm hearing or? Well, I mean, you know, when I was, when I celebrated my 50th birthday, I was actually quite excited about it because it's almost like I felt like I was growing up. You know, I'm, I'm 50 years old now, you know, I've got wisdom, but what, what, turning 60 was a different uh, feeling, but you know, it's actually not been too bad. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I still can walk up the stairs and, you know, I still can hear and see properly. Things haven't changed dramatically since I turned 60, but, but um, yeah, I, I'm not feeling my age, but uh, I now know I'm 60 years old, which is well, not a bad thing, but it's something to get used to. Well, and I, I saw that you're, you talk about your 50th birthday. You spent that in Uganda from what uh, it was showing on your Facebook feed today. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was about 10 years ago that that we went to Uganda for the very first time. Uh, you know, and I remember going there. I don't know if it was on my birthday, but it was 10 years ago that we went. And it was it was a, a, a great trip. And we left Uganda knowing that uh, they're an amazing people, but they are they're ready to to really engage in the work of evangelization, which is much needed on their university campuses as it is here. But their commitment to it was very encouraging. So we felt like we had to be a movement that would support what they're, what they're doing. And so for the last 10 years, we've been um, supporting and encouraging um, a number of uh, young Ugandans to do the work of evangelization on I think it's five campuses now uh, in, in sure usually sharing your wealth and knowledge that's awesome uh, you yeah. when I turned 50 I my 50th birthday I was actually in Italy in Venice with the boys rugby team we were touring uh, high school rugby team we were touring Italy and that was my very first time in Italy and uh, so and I needed the glasses. That's that's what I remember. Turning fifty, I I got glasses. That was uh, my starting down the age 
yeah. thing. So, uh, so actually, I actually don't really need my glasses. Well, yes, I do, but I'll, I'll put these in. <laughs> so I'm I'm still a couple years away for six from sixty. So I'll be uh, phoning you for some advice uh, how to okay. how to enter into that. And we've uh, we've done a couple things together. Uh, God Squad has supported CCO as much as we can out here. I know we've lent our barbecue trailer to them to go to the USC back when uh, Ian was here. And uh, you guys did something incredible a couple years ago by bringing the relic of St. Francis Xavier to Canada and bringing it across Canada. And that's where you and I formally met. Uh, that was, can you share what that was all about? Well, yeah, that was an amazing uh, one month. Actually, it was 40 days. It was interesting. But a year prior to that, you know, we were asked by the Archbishop here in, in Ottawa, you know, he encouraged us to ask for the arm of St. Francis, which is enshrined at the Jesu in Rome. And people just don't take that relic and borrow it for a month and then return it. it, it it's rare that it leaves the, the church of the Jesus. And especially if lay people um, are the custodians of it. So asking for it was kind of like asking, um, yeah, I, I don't know, what would be, you know, something we might ask, you know, like the, the, maybe going down to the state and asking for the constitution borrow it for a month you know they're, they're not going to give it to us uh that that was kind of you know, our, our feeling at the time was that you know they're not going to if we ask for it especially in in january in canada saint francis has never been in freezing temperature <laughs> uh, i i can guarantee you that but we we asked and the holy spirit you know, St. Francis, I think, wanted to come to Canada, a great missionary territory. Um, and uh, so we're, we're given the go-ahead, and we, we began to plan, because we knew this would be bigger than, than we, anything we'd ever done before. It would be national, and it would be very much focused in on parishes and the diocese across Canada. So we had a lot of work. And we had a short time to do it, like a couple months to plan. But we, we, we committed ourselves, as CCO always does, we, we put 110% into the project we feel God is asking us to kind of invest in. And that's what we did. Um, and uh, so it arrived um, on the 27th of December at Rise Up Conference we're having here in Ottawa, where there was 1,000 young people. And it was it was a memorable experience. But what was really interesting was, you know, we had all the different TV networks like CBC and CTV, and they're all kind of hovering around the relic uh, that night. But throughout the, the 40 days that we were in Canada, going on pilgrimage across Canada. So, yeah, it was it was an exciting time. Uh, the thing about this relic, which is unique, at least from my perspective, is there are a lot of uh, incorrupt relics. I mean, not a lot, but there are um, many in the church. There are saints that are incorrupt. 
but usually they're behind, you know, like they're, they're in a casket or you can't really see them or we get a little bone or some kind of indicator that you have to look closely and, and see if it's there. Or you have to have faith that, that uh, you know, the, the relic is, you know, behind the, the wooden box that we're um, moving around. Still as anointed and, you know, the graces are there. But what's unique about this relic is that you could see it. It was, it was like probably, uh, you know, two feet high and it was his hand and you can see it. Um, his arm from his finger down to his elbow. And there was a little bit of decay happening, but when people approached it, they felt like they were looking at something extraordinary because they, it, it was, was not left to imagination, but they could see it before their eyes. There it was, the hand that baptized 200,000 people. So yeah, it was, it was a, an exciting, a great anointed time for us. Well, and I know when you came to Calgary, it was incredible. I, I helped uh, coordinate the security for you and, and the lines of people that were coming and, and nonstop. Like, it, and I know it grew as it went across the country and you got way more numbers than you anticipated. But what was really cool was taking it on to the university campuses that you did and and sharing it with the young people. And, and I invited friends working at the university to come and join us. And, and one of the things that I did was I touched my motorcycle vest to the hand, because uh, that's what we're using our motorcycles for on our tours is to go evangelize. And we actually showed up in Ottawa uh, last summer and you and your family put on a beautiful crepe brunch for us and you're you're the crepe master apparently uh well it's it's actually um my mother passed it on to me i mean when we were growing up that was you know sunday morning um she would actually we often did it at dinner time she would make crepes uh, and we loved it you know uh, we opportunity to throw a lot of syrup on and just enjoy eating the crepes of my mate. And so I took that on upon myself, but I added uh, some ingredients. Like I put a lot of Baileys in it. Um, my mom didn't do that. So unfortunately you have to have a certain age uh, to eat my crepes because, and I shouldn't have been eating you guys my crepes because you guys are going from you know, this meal to, um, to riding bikes and you might've been a little bit um, intoxicated, but it wasn't that much. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was. But I'll tell you this much: you guys ate an incredible amount of crepes that day. We had sausages, we had hash browns, we had absolutely everything, and we've never seen so so much food consumed, like in a you know a fifteen minute time limit. Like it was, it was. We were shocked because we didn't have any leftovers. We're expecting mounds of food. Eight packages of bacon. What? Come on, that must have been Eight. Jeff Cavins. Uh, it must have. It must have been him because I. Well, I was a perfect gentleman, you know. Yeah, I, I saw your plate. <laughs> it was. Well, it I may. Like I me. may have to get your recipe because my uh, my grandkids every time they come over, Papa, Papa, make some make some crepes and. It takes a while to 
to you're standing there for an hour making crepes nonstop to try and feed all those kids. So yeah, well, it, yeah, it is. But to me, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a, for me, it's an experience. I enjoy the process. So yeah. it's what I do. Uh, like I Sunday morning at certain times, you know, Christmas morning, there may be four or five times a year that I make crepes and it's my thing. And so it's kind of like, it's my time, my morning to shine. And, and I put as much Bailey's as I possibly can. And I tell people uh, you're, you're cooking, you're cooking for Jesus. Uh, Cause it, it's, it's a way to show love to your children. It's funny. I was talking to a young man uh, today in my office who's in the foods uh, at school, he had to do a project for me. I had to watch one of the uh, app series on heroicmen.com and come give me a, a report in exchange for not getting a, a ticket. And uh, and I talked about how when my older kids were young, that Saturday mornings, dad made his sourdough pancakes and we watched Saturday morning cartoons, which isn't even a thing anymore but just creating that atmosphere for our kids to have memories growing up. And, and it's so important for dads to do that. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Sean, you know that we wrote a book as a family. I, I don't know if you're yeah, aware of that. Brick, brick by brick, I think it's called, isn't it? Yeah, brick by brick, how to raise children that won't lose their faith. And the, the, the book was written by all our children we wrote it together. Uh, um, what we would do is go to mass on Sunday. We'd come home, have brunch, and then we'd go into the living room and we would talk about, because people requested that we would, they wanted us to write something, teach them kind of what we did with our children so that when they raised their children, you know, that, you know, they would, what could we teach them so that they could, you know, raise their children that keep their faith. And so we talked about it as a family and we decided, you know, that we would all write it together. So everyone kind of had their piece. And every, but we wanted to build, a, um, speak of, or have the book focus not so much on here's how you raise children, but principles on how to raise your children. We do it, you know, we have different methods of raising our children, but there are basic principles. And one of the principles you just shared is creating memories. Like, it is so important that, especially as fathers, that our role is actually to create memories or, like you could say, um, traditions. Yes. Like, this is what we do as a family. And create it so that it's not so much imposed upon them, but it's it's something that would, would be what they want. It, it kind of meets them where they're at rather than me say okay you know like at the feast of saint joseph this is what we're going to do on feast of saint joseph rather making it so that they would want to celebrate the feast of saint joseph or you know like we often do saint patrick's and what we do is we everything all the food is green now for a young child they may not know a lot about saint patrick but they remember St. Patrick's Day. They remember the green. And, that, and so when, when they're ready to talk about St. Patrick's and, and learn about him and, and, and you know, be inspired by him, 
Well, now they're ready. That's they, they already have an attachment to him. That's that's so important to to build that in in your children. What's funny is uh, like the Easter vigil. My our kids were the ones that demanded we go to that more often than us because they we had gone to so many that that was a tradition. And I'm going, but it's a really long mass. <laughs> you know, how many kids want to go to a three-hour mass? But because of the traditions that you build up, like you say, this is what we do, right? And uh, hot, like what's one of ours is we do the outdoor stations of the cross at our parish where we come up from the river bottom on Good Friday all the way to the church. And then we go over to my mom's house who makes fresh hot cross buns for us. And that's, that's something that they all want to, they all want to do, right? Cause they get to walk yeah, with their friends. Exactly. So you're, yeah. you're identifying stuff that, that are basic elements that dads can put in their toolbox right now and, and use them with their children. And that's what's going to help curb the tide. Cause Something like 75% or greater kids stay in the faith if their dad practices the faith. So, yeah, it's and yeah, and you want to make sure another principle in the book that we communicate is that the faith has to be brought down to their level, not our level. That's a tendency with. Sometimes with fathers or just parents that are really, you know, committed to the faith and, you know, they, they're really inspired by, you know, the, 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 the glory or the, the, the richness of, of, you know, being Catholic and living out the, the great treasure of the Catholic Church and our faith. And so we want our children to experience what we're experiencing. So we impose our experience upon them. And I think that's one reason we've turned even the faithful parents, their their kids so walk away so easily is because we're imposing some our where we are at spiritually upon them when they're only three, five, ten, or fifteen years old. That we need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that we got to come down to them and meet them where they're at. And then present the faith in such a compelling way, a life-giving, relevant way that they would say, "This, this is, this is attractive. This is relevant. This is, this is not something that, you know, it's my parents are doing. This is something I can do. This, this, this captures my imagination. And when we do that." You know, as they grow, they can embrace more and more because it's it's kind of age appropriate. Well, and you're you're and talking about your basic evangelization, even because you're not going to go and say, "Hey, can I tell you about transubstantiation?" You're going to go and God loves you and has an amazing plan for you, right? and start mm-hmm. the conversation where they're at and too many what was interesting was i was doing a the search study with the cmla leadership and one of the guys says 
said we need to evangelize before we catechize because the we see it in our kids where they get catechized but they don't understand why and it's it's here and gone i got my first communion i'm out of the church or my confirmation right and uh, whereas if we evangelize which you guys have done incredibly well with cco uh reaching out to young people across this nation and and planting seeds what you guys have done is incredible and i've worked with youth at risk and and having an avenue for people to turn it at that age is so important and i i can't say enough about what you and your your lovely wife have done in the 31 years is it of cco 32 okay i'm a i was close i was close so one of the segments uh when i talk about young people young men especially are struggling even understanding what manhood is so what advice would you give your 18 year old self um you know um when i was 18 i was living a life i was very much enjoying my life and not too involved in the in the faith if you know what i mean meaning i was drinking partying i was out there i was you know the guy you know and um i was living recklessly and enjoying it but you know inside i had a real soft spot for god like i wanted to be spiritual but nobody talked to me about that nobody invited somehow that interest or that desire for god nobody invited it to come and become part of me nobody was inviting me to live my faith in a relevant and kind of a life-giving way so if i would if i would go back to my 18 year old self I, i'd say hey andre can i tell you about something yeah yeah that jesus yeah you, know, you are loved by god and he he loves you and he calls you to himself and so andre he's in you you're feeling you're desiring it all you need to do is to say yes to him you don't have to get all that spiritual you just have to get um you have to give god permission in your life in a very intentional way just say yes to him just cry out to him and just allow him to be lord of your life and then allow him to do the work of making you the man that you should be you know because that's a decision i made when i was 21. but when i was 18 i was ready but nobody was talking to me about the faith in, in any personal or compelling way so i i go back there and and say what my heart actually longed for and that is relationship with god make my faith real and relevant thank you so much and then we've got one other segment 
is uh, Jeff talks about riding with your posse, your your saints. What saint do you ride with or do you take with you every day? Um, there's a whole list that, um, that, that I take, but the one that I identify, well, there's two, actually there's a lot, I can't really um, limit it, but uh, St. Francis Xavier is the guy that I think um, captures my heart and my imagination and walks with me the closest. Um, so St. Francis Xavier, but, but also St. John Paul II was so influential. Um, in those early days of CCO, um, everything he was saying just resonated with me. Um, and then how he led the church in, during his pontificate, like he captured the imagine, my imagination, but imagination is so many young people. And there's so much good in the church because of what he was able to inspire, focus, um, and many other movements like Net Ministries, um, because of John Paul II's invitation to to be the saints of the new millennium and to be courageous and to be evangelical in what we do, so he is you know a great a giant for me, you know, like a guy that I uh, um, a saint that not only do I look back at, but I'm uh, every day I just say John Paul II helped me and all the students uh, to be the new builders of the city of God within the city of man. Um, so, yeah, so I would say St. Francis Xavier and St. John Paul too, but there are others. Mother Teresa. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And there, and that's the thing. The the one-two punch, though, that you shared, like men can, can attach themselves to those saints, uh, and they are so good to walk with it. Like you talk about St. Francis Xavier, every time I put on that vest to go out on the road, it reminds me that I'm on a mission of evangelization. So uh, I want to thank you for for all you have done and continue to do. Uh, we look forward to working with you, with uh, God Squad and, and Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, as we, we talked about maybe recruiting some of your retired CCO missionaries, because this is a perfect missionary field for them uh, mm -hmm. as they continue to grow and walk with the Lord. And where's my glass here? So whiskey is Irish, is Ishkabaha. That's the origin, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you and I continue to lead souls to the true water of life in this world so thank you for all you do mine's empty that's okay i i was had some to the end so uh you keep up the good work also thank you we're gonna keep using whiskey and whatever else we need to do to evangelize those around us <laughs> amen so enjoyed this episode of a dram with friends please send us any suggestions at a dram at godsquad.ca or go to godsquad.ca to support this mission <laughs>